Let's go through every single package installed with a Linux install image. I'm going through the software included with Slackware, but these are all open source applications and libraries, so whether you're running Slackware like me, or Fedora, Debian, BSD, or even Mac or Windows, you can probably download, install, and try these on your computer. So chances are, you'll be able to learn something from this podcast. Let's get started. Where did we leave off last time? We left off with Plasma Workspace. This contains a bunch of different applications, a couple of which uh, I got very excited about, and, and then I realized that all the others were just sort of boring, plain applications. So we'll, we'll go through them all, but probably not as, as much in detail about KFontView and Clipper and KRunner and the things that, that made me very happy to see in the list. Not not that these other ones are bad, they're just not quite as exciting as I as I kind of thought. So KSM Server, that's the KDE Session Management Server. This is the uh, entity that runs, uh, sort of to be aware of the fact that you're in a, a desktop session. This is one of the things that helps you uh, presumably uh, restore a session um, although I don't know how much of that burden is actually on some other component. But certainly this uh, will get you out of your desktop. For instance, uh, when you go to the K menu and click the shutdown or restart or logout buttons, the the screen that sort of comes up to, to confirm that you want out, that's KSM, K KSM server. You could see that for yourself whenever you want uh, by invoking KSM server through QDBus, which is one of the, I think we've talked about that before, it's one of the interfaces, the, the Qt uh, Dbus uh, interface. So QDBus org.kde.ksm server space slash KSM server, that's KSMS all capitals, and then lowercase e-r-v-e-r -E space org.kde ms again all capital, and then lowercase erver capital I interface dot logout dash, uh, I think these are all dummy options, I think, dash one, or you know, negative one, negative one, negative one, so dash one space dash one space dash one. Press that and you will see the logout confirmation button. Uh, um, screen rather. That's KSM server. Not not a whole lot more to say about that, I don't think. So, but I, I guess to clarify, this is not SDDM, the session manager. This is KSM server, the component that that is aware of the session for the KDE framework. All right. Next up is K splash QML. Don't type this in and press return. It will it will take over your screen. Just warning you. Uh, K splash QML, you want to run probably with dash dash window, the dash dash window option, that'll help. But it is a a, a test uh, platform or a test window, really, to to see a K-Splash screen. The K-Splash screen is the, the theme and the arrangement of buttons and everything when you're logging into, wait, is it is it when you're logging? Yeah, when you no. Is it logging in or is it the animation that plays while you're logging in? I don't remember which is which. I one of those two though. It's either the login screen, which now that I'm thinking, now that I'm saying that out loud, I think that might be something 
call it something different. Um, or it's the little animation that plays after you've logged in. Or maybe those are both the same thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, I actually don't remember. Either way, this is a screen, this is a window, a dedicated window that lets you test that, the, that theme that you've created without having to log out and then you know, you like go in, change your theme, log out, look at it, log back in. And and potentially if you've done a theme poorly enough, if you've done it wrong enough, then it could be really bad because you would try to log back in to fix it and you don't have any way to do that. I mean, as a Slackware user, that's not the worst thing in the world. You could just go to a text console, log into a KDE session at a Plasma desktop session as root user, and then reset the splash screen and so on. So, I mean, you could get around it just by not using a session manager. But, and in fact, I guess you could even just launch SDDM uh, as root and then, well, no, that would be the, pro anyway, you, you can get around it, but it, it certainly is more convenient to just just have K splash QML uh, dash dash window that opens it up. Uh, the argument that you'd want to pass to make this useful is the theme that you want to, to test. Otherwise, you'd get a black screen, which is why I said don't type don't just type it in because that will take over your screen. You will think you will think you've lost your desktop or something, and you, you haven't. You can switch to a text console, log in, kill that process, pgrep, k splash qml, or just kill all k splash qml, and you, you you'll you'll be fine. But it it is kind of um, annoying if if you don't know about it. But, I mean, that's a, a great little test application, obviously very useful for people developing themes, I'm sure. Alright, next up is Plasma Apply Color Scheme. This is a tool that allows you to set the color scheme for your current session without accidentally setting it to one that's not available or that's already set. So it is a, um, what do they call it? idempotent, uh, idempotent, um, command? I don't know. Uh, anyway, the, the way that you use it is plasma-apply-color, uh, color theme, no, color scheme, sorry, and then the name of the color scheme that you want to change your session to. This isn't a whole lot different than going to the system settings and applying a color scheme and so on, and in the previous episode, you may recall, we saw a couple of things, uh, or one thing, I guess, K color scheme editor that allows you to edit the color scheme. So the color scheme, again, those are the, the highlighting, uh, the, the color of your font, the, the color of the background of your window, the color of the panels of your window, the, the colors of the buttons when something, when text is highlighted and so on. That's plasma apply color scheme. And there's a bunch of others. There's plasma apply color theme, plasma apply desktop theme, plasma apply look and feel, plasma apply wallpaper image, plasma, uh, you thought I was going to say apply, nope, we're on to something different now, plasma dash interactive console. This, as it turns out, is a hidden gem. This is really, really cool, and I think if I had more of a cause to actually need it, I think it would it would be just afternoons and afternoons could be spent in this little application. And even if it's the application that doesn't uh, seem all that useful immediately, the, the, the knowledge of, of the power hidden behind all of this is, is very exciting. So, what this interactive console is, it'll launch a, a simple window, uh, top half is a standard K part, uh, Kate part 
editing window. It's 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 that text editor that we see in K in the Plasma desktop. We see it in KWrite. We see it in Kate. We see it in uh, KDevelop all over the place. It's here as well. So you got that at the top. On the bottom, you just have output. It's a log a console output. Very unassuming application so far. There are two but well, there are a couple buttons along the top toolbar there, but there's Plasma and KWin. You want to be on Plasma initially, um, and what this does is this allows you to write JavaScript to hook into Plasma very, very directly. I mean, you can restructure your entire desktop. You can add panels, add widgets to those panels. You can create your entire sort of uh, your own look and feel for your Plasma desktop entirely on your own. Now, the barrier to entry here is you need to know JavaScript. You need to know how to find what JavaScript classes and methods are available within Plasma for you to script. That sometimes is the hard part. That's the hardest part sometimes because it's just where are those listed? How do you find those out? There's no help menu in this application, so you're kind of on your own. You just need to go to the internet, you do a search to figure it all out. Except, of course, you don't. I've done the research. I have the link. I'll include it in show, show notes. It is develop.kde.org slash docs slash plasma slash scripting slash API. But you don't have to go straight to the API documentation. There are quite a few tutorials online. Uh, the first one I started with seemed promising, and it, and it, it, it is promising. You can try it. Um, I ran into some incompatibility issues, but I wasn't trying it on my main system. I was trying it on a virtual uh, machine that just happened to be Mandriva, open Mandriva, and uh, it, it it, I think it probably has advanced, or maybe I didn't have everything installed that needed to be installed. Either it's advanced too far for this tutorial to have worked for it, you know, compatibility, or I just didn't have everything installed and I didn't go to the trouble. But anyway, there's this this tutorial. I'll, I'll include all these links in the show notes, but there's one on KDE user base wiki on how to create a Unity-like look and feel theme using Plasma desktop scripting API, which I thought was quirky and, and kind of an oddball request. Uh, but, I mean, it's great. It's neat. I mean, Unity did have kind of a look and feel, and it had that global menu, which I was referring to last time, I think it was. So there's also a section uh, within the developer.kde.org site, uh, just develop.kde.org slash docs slash plasma slash scripting, and it has a little bit of uh, a tutorial on how to, you know, uh, on the interface. And uh, there's a bunch of examples that they have, and there's templates and configuration keys, I don't know what that is, um, and API documentation, as I said. So all of this stuff is is actually documented. It's a little bit buried. You have to find it, but it, it isn't impossible to find. It took me a little while, but not all night. So yeah, it's it's really cool and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it really is because you you can. There's just a lot of power here, and it is a direct connection. Now, to be fair, the interactive console isn't the the greatest. Like it's I don't think you're going to be in it for very long, really. I'm not 100% sure maybe what, maybe it's just to try a couple of things out or something, but I mean, ultimately, what you're actually going to do is create the structure of, for instance, a look and feel, a, a theme, um, and then you're going to apply that theme, maybe using plasma-apply 
dash look and feel. Um, or you might, you know, if you go down to the path of the KWIN scripting, which you can also do, and again, that's pretty well documented, develop.kde.org slash docs slash plasma slash KWIN. And there's a link at the bottom of that sort of introductory page to um, KWIN scripting API, which I didn't really look a whole lot um, into personally. But I mean, it's worth looking at and it's all JavaScript based. So you'll be, you'll probably be creating sort of the default directory structure, which is your, your project directory with a subdirectory of contents in which there's a code and a config and a UI directory. And then outside of all that in, in your project directory, there's a metadata.json and you, and you'll want to have everything added to that. And it'll have specific requirements, which are documented in the tutorials. So you can step through these and literally build your own desktop. Like really, like you can just build your own. You see all of the components of your current Plasma desktop. You have access to those. You can put them wherever you want within a look and feel package, and then you can install your look and feel package and you will have your own desktop. It is that quote unquote easy, but I mean, really, I feel like the the barrier to entry here is not that great. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe you don't know JavaScript yet. Trust me, it's not that hard. I mean, it is if you've never coded anything in your life, which it's not the worst thing to start with either. I mean, I've, I've been to several events where people were learning to code for the first time in their lives with JavaScript. So it is not a bad language. It, it's up there along with Python and Lua and, you know, those kind of introductory, quote-unquote, introductory languages. Is it as easy as Bash? Probably not. But I think, especially with the interactive console, there's a certain degree of direct input that you have access to. So you, you can type in code and see it happen. Like, it'll happen right in front of your very eyes. And that's really cool. I mean, this is, this, this approaches the kind of the, the goal of, of taking what has proven to be really, really approachable technology, specifically the stuff that, that we, we use to build the internet with, and putting it in the hands of the ordinary person for everyday tasks. This is really, really cool to me. I mean, this is really literally just one step away from saying, design your desktop in HTML and CSS. Like, it's, 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 it's very, very close. And the only reason it's not there is because neither of those two things are programming languages. HTML is markup. I don't know what CSS is. A styling engine, I guess. I don't know what that, what that counts as. But, I mean, JavaScript obviously has a, a lot more sort of power behind it because it's an actual language. And, and that's, I, I think that's, as, you know, that's, that's a really, really easy thing to hit. Um, and if you look at other desktops, like, uh, what is it, Awesome, I think uses Lua as its configuration. Um, Fluxbox uses not Lua, but, you know, kind of the same structure, or maybe it is Lua, who knows. Uh, what is it, Openbox is Lua, I think? Um, yeah, there's there's a couple out there that, that use, I mean, I'm favoring Lua, but I mean, there's, there's desktops out there where you can kind of structure your own desktop just with configuration options. This is not that. It's a little bit more than that. You're going to have to do things like create variables, var uh, plasma equals, get API version, parentheses, one parentheses. That that doesn't create anything, but that, that does create a variable called plasma. And then you can print parentheses plasma, close parentheses, execute that in your 
interactive console, and you find out that you're running workspace scripting engine version 10x7b0bcd0 close parentheses. So, you know, you'll be creating like panel equals, uh, panel new, uh, plasma.panel or something like that. Uh, and then you'll be putting it somewhere. And where, how do you put it somewhere? Well, it's some kind of magical incantation of positioning within the desktop. Uh, I think it's something like, I have it on my screen right now. It is location e- panel.location equals top. That puts the panel that you've just created, panel equals new plasma.panel, panel.location equals top, that places that at the top. Panel.height equals grid unit times two, and so on. So you've got all of these, you know, you've got these properties that you kind of do, you need to learn about them. You need to read about them in the documentation. You need to understand more or less what they do, or at least where they go in your code. And and then you can do it and see what happens. I didn't go too far down this path because I didn't want to mess up my desktop too much. Um, but I and I, and I also am pretty happy, as I've said in previous episodes. I'm actually quite happy with the default configuration of the of the Plasma desktop. Like I've I've gotten to the point where finally whatever they give me on a Linux distro is fine. It's just it's fine. That's what I need. I just need the 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 Linux, and and then I'm good to go. So I've 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 become a lot less picky about what I'm running or what I'm seeing on my desktop. I really have. Um, which you know, I mean, that's an interesting place to be in your life, really. That that's that's something. That's I, I've met people at at jobs at previous jobs who who would say something like that. Like I I don't care, just give me a desktop. And I've always thought I always thought that was such a weird thing. Like why would you say that about a Linux distribution? The power of Linux is that you can change whatever you want. Like, why would you ever just settle for whatever was handed to you? You know why? Because you're busy doing other stuff on Linux. And that's a great place to be. I'm not saying it's a better place to be than being, than sitting all around all day moving panels around your Plasma desktop screen. Like, that's fine too. That's a great place to be. But it's also kind of nice at at some point to be in this position where you just think, you know what, this is fine. Like, the choices that someone else has made on my behalf, they completely work. Just, I know where everything is now. I've got my my orientation uh, figured out, and now I'm going to get to work. I'm going to open up the terminal, or I'm going to open up the, the IDE, or the, the office suite, or the, the graphics application, or the music application, whatever it is, that's what I care about. And I mean, that's what we do on other operating systems. So it, it is very nice to get to that point on Linux. And that's where I am. In sh- long story short, that's where I am lately. Uh, so I have not, I'm not probably going to pursue this realistically. Do I wish uh, I had found this ages ago? Yeah, but I probably wasn't ready for it. You know, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to figure out JavaScript at that point. So it's probably fine. But It's just so cool, and I hope that someone out there listening to this is excited about this and sits down and opens up the interactive console, Plasma-Interactive Console, and delves into the JavaScript and figures it out and designs a cool new, new desktop layout for yourself. I think that's just such a cool, cool power to have. And it's really cool that it's there. I mean, this is exciting. This this is an exciting place to be. Could it get better? Yeah, probably. Like you know, like that 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 the two steps up that you have to take to get the JavaScript, or the twenty steps up you have to get the JavaScript wherever you are 
on that spectrum. It could, it could be reduced. It could be reduced somehow. I don't know how off the top of my head. This is like really, really close, I think, to something. I mean, to, to be able to say, yes, you can design your own desktop. You do have to learn a basic scripting style programming language, but but you can do whatever you want with those components. That's really, really powerful to have uh, access to. I mean, it could be, it could be better, you know, it could, it could be, there, there's something out there that someone's going to think of to make it even easier and even, even more powerful. And that's exciting to think of. This is an important milestone to be at. Okay, that's probably enough of that. There is another command here, a couple of more commands, but I mean, this particular one up next is plasma-shutdown. And I don't know what that does, honestly. You'd, you'd, you'd imagine that was kind of self-explanatory. And I, I tried running it again in a test VM and it just doesn't do a thing. I've tried user bin plasma dash shutdown. I've tried it with pipe pipe echo fail. I've tried it um, with sudo, without sudo. I've tried it several different ways, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't do a thing. So I'm not sure what it's meant to do, but it doesn't do anything on my system. I feel like I've used it before, but I might be thinking of Akanadai Cuddle CTL. Uh, so yeah, that's that's not all that exciting. Oh, I've tried it with dash dash help. I've tried it with dash help. Um, lots of different varieties and just absolutely no luck. I, I don't know why. It is very strange. Okay, so there is a plasma dash. No, not plasma dash. Oh my gosh, is that why? No, okay. I, I thought maybe I was doing it all, all all this time. Maybe I was doing plasma dash shutdown when I was supposed to be doing underscore shutdown. But no, it's it is definitely dash shutdown. Um, but underscore session plasma underscore uh, session that is a um that is a command in the next command, and it similarly doesn't really tell you what it is. For. Four, it says that it, when I run it, it says it's shutting down the running client and it, it exits or, or something. Uh, but, but that said, it, it, it doesn't seem, I mean, like everything's still functioning. I still have widgets on my desktop, so I still have a desktop. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent sure what that is. And, and again, like even if I use it with like a dash dash help, it, it, it actually executes, so it's ignoring the dash dash help or the dash h. Uh, there is no man page entry for it. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems to be some some manner of, you know, session control, uh, and it just doesn't, it does not seem to respond to the normal set of options. Okay, next up is plasma underscore wait for name. And this is a, this is a funny one. This, this is a, I mean, heck, maybe it's like a system D shim or something or, or a system D less shim because it, 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 the purpose of it, plasma underscore wait for name, it, it just prevents your notification system, the Kate, you know, the, the, the notification for your desktop, like little pop-up windows that tell you of events. It keeps that from starting before the desktop is ready. Or rather, I should say, it, it keeps notifications from being processed. So I, I don't know if technically notifications start, but like the queue isn't released uh, until there's a desktop that is ready to go. So I'm assuming wait for name is like waiting for the, I don't know, the name of the 
of of that desktop session. I'm assuming, I mean, you can run it without any visible effect. I'm assuming what's happening is that it is succeeding. It, it's probably, it's finding a name. It's finding that the desktop is, is ready and then probably exiting. That's my assumption. I did not run it through like a debugger to see what exactly what was going on there. Okay, I think it's time for coffee. So let's go grab a cup and we'll come back. We'll finish up Plasma Workspace. We'll finish up Plasma Workspace wallpaper image or whatever it's called. And, and then we'll be, I guess, done the plasma entries into this, into this list, onto Paul Kit, KDE agent, and so on, uh, probably for, for next week. Let's go get coffee. coffee. It's time to continue. I don't think there's really much more to say about coffee other than it's great and it inspires us to continue with Plasma Shell. That's the next one in the list. Plasma Shell is the Plasma Shell. So it's, um, it's already running. You, you, you have, you have a Plasma Shell right now. Um, you can use this though, if, should Plasma Shell go away, should you lose it for any reason, you can restart it with this Plasma Shell. You can also start a new instance of Plasma Shell with Plasma Shell dash dash replace. And I've just done that and... Has it worked? Yes, it has worked. Okay, cool. It it, <laughs> it was it was uh, an empty-ish screen other than my console for a moment, and so I thought maybe it hadn't worked. Um, I guess I should have started it with the ampersand because now my prompt is entirely gone in that window. But uh, th that's uh, that's the the basics of Plasma Shell, I guess. Um, Plasma Shell. Yeah, there's a QMLJS debugger, apparently, that you can enable. That seems useful for the reasons I was just talking about, how JavaScript, you've got direct access to, to Plasma that way. Um, there is a no-respawn option, so don't restart the Plasma Shell after it has crashed. And there's a dash dash shell dash plugin, which forces a loading of a given shell plugin. And I don't know what a shell plugin is. I don't know what that that would refer to. But anyway, that's Plasma Shell. So it really is, it's just direct control or direct access to sort of the on and off button of the, the Plasma interface of, of your Plasma desktop, which gets a little bit confusing because you think, well, is it Plasma or is it, is it, um, is it Plasma or is it KWIN? And they are, they can be hard to, to distinguish sometimes because you think you think they're the same thing but actually they're not plasma are is the widget set uh and kwin is the thing keeping those widgets in place essentially that's that's roughly my understanding of it and i could i could have some details there wrong for all i know because it's um you know there's code that i haven't looked at so it's a little bit um who knows? Uh, okay, next up is Plasma Windowed. This is a, uh, a, a plasmoid area, um, but it's in a window. How is this different from Plasmoid, what is it, Plasmoid Viewer? Plasma, what was it called? It was something, right? There was a, a, a thing 
maybe it wasn't in this package, um, where you could look at a, a, a plasmoid or a widget within its own little window. Um, don't know where that is now, so it must have not been in this package, or it's got a, a name that doesn't make any logical sense. Um, but yeah, if, so if you have a plasmoid, or an applet, or a widget, whatever they're calling them in this, in this screen, they, they call it an applet. Um, but of course it's, it, oh, it also calls it arguments to pass to the plasmoid. So it calls it both the applet and the plasmoid. Um, so if you've got one, you can cause it to launch in a window of its own, uh, which as I said last time or the time before, whenever we were talking about plasmoids, uh, seems like a useful way to test your widget without constantly adding it and destroying it to your desktop, to and from your desktop. All right, next up is Start K Wayland and Start Plasma-Wayland and Start Plasma-X11, and I think that's it. Um, and and those are commands to th that you probably won't really use directly. I mean, they obviously start plasma, or or rather, they start K, uh, K Wayland. So if you're running a, a, a Wayland graphical server, th this would be something that something else would invoke for you to to usually uh, start plasma Wayland, start plasma X11. All, all of those, I I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a use case or they wouldn't exist, but I don't think that typically uh, th there would be um, a reason for, for you and I to, to use those directly. Um, now, I've just started the Plasma, Start Plasma Wayland, and it has launched a um, sort of, in, in its own little window, a new desktop. So it's a Wayland, you know, an embedded Wayland window with Plasma inside of it. It looks for all the world uh, like a... Um, like a virtual machine, because it, it, it looks, you know, it's just, it's, it's a window, it's a desktop in there, and you can click, uh, am I going to lose my mouse if I do that? Press right control to grab input, okay. Oh, no, okay, so, oh, I have to, okay. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, now it's, now it's kind of gone away, actually, it's a black screen, so I don't know what I, what I've done, but yeah, so that's, um, start, Plasma dash Wayland, uh, start plasma dash x11, I've, I've already got running, so it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't do anything, but um, yeah, that's th those are those are ways to to test plasma out in you know the different um, display engines servers. That's that's the word servers uh, graphic server. Okay, system monitor, all one string. This is the classic task manager. I feel like we've already been here before, haven't we? Weren't we just here a couple of episodes ago? Must have been a different different one but this is a graphical list it's, it's top but it, with with in a GUI that's that's what it is yeah now I think there was something similar to this but it wasn't it wasn't exactly this this is like I, I, I guess I can't say exactly this is really close to top um, there's a search bar at the top there's um, a little bit of a filter you can say show me all processes you can show me just user processes and it'll filter out anything that's not yours and you know running under your uid uh, it shows you the memory occupied by that thing of course you can sort by memory you can sort by cpu percentage username if there's more than just one person there uh shared memory window title download upload name of application all the stuff that you would be able to do with top or H top, uh, you know, and to some degree something like PS or System D, CG top, or or those kinds of applications. This is the it's called System Activity is the name of the of the window. It it 
it looks to me like one of those KCM little modules, because I, I feel like I've seen it before. I really do. I feel like I've seen this in, maybe it was Info Center. Yes, that is exactly where it was. Um, so if you go to K Info Center or Info Center, whatever, uh, and then go to, where am I? I don't know. I, I've already clicked and now I've, I don't know how I've gotten to where I am. Um, oh, S- System Monitor. That that's the button. Yeah, system monitor. Uh, for some reason, it's telling me that it's an external application. That's weird. That was in my my little VM that I was just I had open just to try the other stuff. Let me let me actually do this one. This is pretty non-destructive. So I'm in Slackware. Uh, this is the wrong place. System settings. I want to be in K Info Center. Here we go. There's the Info Center. Um, oh, interesting. It's not. It isn't here in the Slackware one about this. Yeah, I don't actually see it in the Slackware version for some reason. Devices, graphics, and network. Yeah, I don't have the system uh, monitor here or system activity, whatever. But if I do a search for system uh, system monitor, yeah, so I guess, I mean, it, it must, it's an application, obviously, of it on its own, but I, I, I mean, in Mandriva, it, it was available from the Info Center, but as an external application, and here on Slackware, it is just an external, just its own little application. So either way, I, I, I imagine this is pretty darned useful. I know people out there who are used to, uh, like, Windows has, like, some kind of system monitor or task manager or whatever they call it, and I, I think... I mean, I know Mac did as well, but I don't I don't remember Mac users really being familiar with it as a thing. I mean, it probably depends on the user. But I, I've heard a lot of Windows people say, like, oh, go to Task Manager and, you know, stop that process or whatever. So this, I feel, would be pretty useful. Like, this would be, I imagine, a, a really useful application to find something, some runaway process. You know, a video game is frozen, open your task, or whatever this is called, system monitor, and go to processes and type into the search bar, um, you know, Super Mario Brothers or Steam or whatever, I can't think of video game names right now, Mechanicus, um, and select it and then, and then kill that process. And yeah, you can just, you know, right click on it and either send it a signal, yeah, we've been here before, uh, suspend, stop, kill, um, or just right click and go to end process. Straightforward. I think it's an important feature to have, even if, like, even if you think, oh, I'm not going to ever need that. I, I'll just go to, you know, I'll just pgrep and then kill that process. Kill, kill dash nine. No problem. And that's entirely, you know, that that's that works as well. But for other people, maybe uh, something a little bit more familiar might be useful. And that's the kind of thing that I think this really does. This caters to to people who just have experiences different than our own. Last one in this package is Xembed SNI Proxy. Xembed SNI, well, Xembed, that's a technology or a protocol. You can read the full protocol specification on freedesktop.org slash, or rather, specifications.freedesktop.org slash Xembed-spec slash Xembed-spec dash latest.html. And it, it's defined by Matthias Etrick, who I'm pretty sure is one of the founders of KDE. Is that right? Or am I just thinking that because 
He's got a German-sounding name. Uh, German computer scientist, founder of KDE. No, I know my KDE, I guess. So, uh, Matthias Ettrich um, at Trolltech at the time defined this protocol, and it was a, or helped define it, Owen Taylor also did at Red Hat. Um, Xembed was a protocol to take care of very typical X, you know, Zorg, Xorg, X11 um, desktop functions, including, specifically in this case, um, moving uh, an icon up to the system tray. There's a lot more to it. I'm, I'm just kind of simplifying for the purposes of of exactly what this is, but XN, uh, so yeah, SNI is functionally the new version of that protocol. It's it's the it's a different protocol. It's a new thing. It's different. I didn't look too too deeply into it, but it is um, for all intents and purposes the the new protocol required to, for instance, put something in a system tray. XEmbed SNI proxy translates something that's still using XEmbed to SNI. Uh, it was a, a thing that was being developed, it got merged into Plasma Workspace, and now we have it on our computers, all of us now, whether we think about it or not. And we shouldn't think about it, it should never matter to us. But it is there, and you know, sometimes if you're running something very, very old, you could imagine that it might be making a call out to Xembed, and maybe it's being translated uh, for for a modern desktop by Xembed SNI proxy. That's it. That's that's that package. That's everything for that package. Now, there is another uh, package by a, a similar name, and it is uh, plasma-workspace-wallpaper. You can imagine what this might be, and if you're imagining it's a set of wallpapers, that's exactly what it is. It, if you look at the listing, it's user share wallpapers, and there's a bunch of different ones. There's summer 1am, Volna, Shell, Ice Cold, Gray, Flow, Fallen Leaf, and so on. Just lots of, I went in reverse order because I happened to be at the end of the package list. Uh, it's just a bunch of images that ship with the Plasma desktop. It's 54 megabytes of images. So if you're, if you're hard-pressed for uh, disk space, get rid of that package there. Nobody needs really that much decoration on their desktop. That's my, that's my honest opinion. Um, not that I don't like decoration on the desktop. It's just functionally. I never see my desktop. I mean, I do a little bit here and there, but I mean, do you really? You know, you use so many windows, so many things, half screen, full screen, whatever. You just don't see the desktop. It's not worth it. So I'm going to actually uh, remove that package with sudo remove pkg plasma wall, uh, plasma dash workspace dash wall paper plural, and now that's gone. I've just saved myself 54 megabytes of wallpapers. I don't, I don't know that I really needed the 54 megabytes today, but someday I will thank myself for that. Okay, um, I mean, I should, I should mention too, the wallpapers are amazing. Like the, the, the art in KDE and in Plasma Desktop. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. And on GNOME, and, you know, like, but yeah, beautiful, beautiful imagery. Really well done, um, but not something that I need. So I just have a plain blue background on my desktop right now with a little Slackware logo in the right, bottom right. The flippy Slackware logo specifically, because I really actually quite liked that. I thought that was quite clever. That's, I think, all the packages up to, up to Plasma, uh, and that makes the next one uh, policy kit or 
Polkit, Polkit dash KDE agent, uh, Power Devil, Pox, uh, POXML, um, Print Manager. Yeah, so we're getting there. We're getting there. So that'll be through the, you know, probably next episode through the P's maybe. And QS. T U W X Y and Z. So yeah, there's 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 a little bit of a representative for practically everything. But after that, we'll go on to uh, libraries, which I don't know how much I'll be able to cover because a lot of libraries are are things that you it just it has to be um it, you have to be using it to to sort of make it meaningful. Uh, and while I can wax and wane for an hour about lots of different things, uh, I may just try to kind of power through the library set. I've probably said that about every single set so far, but this time, really, I, I really might try to just power through this because, um, it's just hard to talk about this without, you know, in a, in a meaningful way, without actually just sitting down to use it. So anyway, that's where we are. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. My name's Klaatu. You can reach me anytime over email with feedback or comments, tips, or just to say hi. My email address is klaatu at slackermedia.info. You can also reach me on the Mastodon network, not klaatu, at mastodon.xyz. The show's intro and outro music is by Fat Chance Lester. You can find their music on bandcamp.com or on gnuworldorder.info in the archive you'll find a music directory containing the album from which this music has been extracted until next time thanks for listening and keep the source open What happens to the children of the world?